The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Though podcast. We got bracket talk. We got Major League Baseball preview and NFL offseason craziness. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Though podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into an all new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing today? Oh, we're doing good. Exciting time of the year. Always love March Madness and madness going on in the NFL and just all kinds of stuff and fantasy baseball coming up. There's a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. A whole lot of stuff going on, uh, of course, in the NFL with free agency opening, uh, the Aaron Rodgers stuff. We'll talk about all of that, but we got to start. Uh, and we will, by the way, conclude our Major League Baseball preview tonight with our West Division breakdown. Uh, but uh, we got to start off with the uh, the March Madness because games kick off tomorrow. If you're watching us live on YouTube or Facebook uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to us later, then maybe it's already tomorrow. But nonetheless, games getting started. Um, we haven't had a chance to really talk a whole lot. Uh, we haven't talked at all on, on the air about how the games have, have broken down so far. So uh, let's start with, I won't ask you for your win or your prediction or anything like that, but uh, what did you like about the brackets? Um, well, again, you know, I've said this is a real wide open year, and I think the brackets reflect that. Uh, I think, you know, maybe one of them's a little stronger than some of the others, um, one may be a little weaker, but I, I think overall the teams were really divided up. I haven't looked too much, but I think the conferences were fairly well divided up. And um, I think when this gets started tomorrow, of course, you know, we've got the, the first four going on now, of course, right down the road from where I'm at here in Dayton, Ohio. And boy, they had great games last night. Um, first game here tonight's not as close, but um, – uh, I, I think when it starts tomorrow, it's really going to be crazy, um, you know, as far as the games and, and not being able really to predict the winners. And um, you know, to me, it looked like the brackets were divided up pretty well, and they were the seeding made pretty good sense to me for the most part. A couple of the number ones I questioned, but they already had those set before teams lost. So I guess that makes sense. Well, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of other people jumping at the number one seeds. I mean, who's not a number one that should be? Um, UCLA. Really? Could have been. And I think Arizona could have been. But um, we'll, you know, we'll see. Arizona's one of my more popular. You know, I've, I've done three brackets so far. I'll fill out my paper one tonight. Um, but uh, Arizona's a team that I really like in this tournament. Uh, for sure. Do you have a projection on who you think the first number one will be that loses? Um, yes, I think it'll be Houston. Houston, really? Yeah, the, the, the way they lost in their conference, you know, tournament, and um, I, I don't know if they'll rebound where they need to or not. 
Well, they've only lost three games all season. Um, so you're saying that they could lose two within a week's time. Uh, I don't know. I, well, I guess you didn't say a week's time, but uh, I don't know in that bracket who's going to beat them. Uh, Northern Kentucky's not going to beat them. Uh, Iowa or Auburn, in my opinion, is not going to beat them. Uh, then you're looking at Miami, Drake, Indiana, Kent State. I don't see that one. Um, really, honestly, I think they have the easiest the easiest bracket <laughs> Houston does, in my opinion. I don't know. How, how do you see that one breaking down? Well, I, I think that's the deal. I think, you know, there'll be a little bit uh, a lag from the tournament. And then I think, you know, they'll look at it and say, these are teams we can beat. I really, again, I, I've always liked, the, you know, I've been from Big Ten area and I like the Big Ten. And uh, while a lot of those teams weren't ranked high, um, the Big Ten is really good, and they beat each other up a lot. So I think the Big Ten teams could really be a factor here. I don't think they'll make it all the way to the Final Four necessarily, but I think you'll have some Big Ten teams um, win some games early. Well, okay. Um Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't I don't sit there with you. I go Alabama as the first number one seed to lose. Uh, they got so much going on around the program. And sure, it could unite them. But at the same time, there's just so much happening. Every fan base outside of Alabama's fan base is going to be cheering against them. Uh, it seems like they're going to face off against some really good teams as well. So, I got Alabama knocking out as the first, but I don't think it would happen until like the Elite Eight, um, maybe the Sweet 16, uh, but I, I think it'd be the Elite Eight maybe uh, more so because that's when they would face Arizona if they faced Arizona. I also like Purdue a lot in this tournament. I know that a lot of people view their side of the bracket as the toughest side, um, but I also think they're one of the more, I think we're one of the better teams in this in this tournament. Yes. So I, I like Purdue going a good distance as well. Kansas, man, I really want I want Kansas to lose to Howard. It's not going to happen. Um, but and I don't think they're going to lose to Arkansas or Illinois either. I, every time I get to it, I'm like, man, I just I, I want Kansas to lose. I'm not sure they're going to lose. Um, so far, it's like, well, you know, maybe they'd lose to UCLA. I don't know. I hate I hate putting Kansas anywhere going any distance in this tournament. But it kind of sets up for them to, to do pretty well again this year, too. Uh, any thoughts on on Kansas? Um, again, I, I think they're one that could get um, upset, uh, not in the first game, but in the next couple games down the line. I'm, I'm not sure they're as solid. I know we talked a little bit this week, and you said they have some real strong wins. Um, but again, coming out of the conference tournament, I'm, I'm not convinced that Kansas is, is – you know, a juggernaut, I definitely don't have them in the final four. See, the conference tournament's not what it used to be, Dad. And it, the teams just don't care anymore. It, it comes down to the fact where if they're going to make the tournament, winning the conference tournament isn't that big of a deal. Uh, so to me, however the conference tournament breaks down really doesn't matter. And I'd still rather my team lose in the conference tournament then losing the the NCAA tournament. So sometimes it's better to get that loss out of the way. They got handled by Texas, but again, I don't know. I don't see it as that big of a deal. Uh, they they got beat by Kansas or by Texas twice this season, uh, just in the last month, actually. Um, I'm looking well, I, real quick. Go ahead. I think it's a matter of being ready to play in the tournament, and like I think the statement you made, you know, well, you know, the conference 
championships aren't that big a deal. They just don't care. I don't believe you go one weekend and just not care. And then all of a sudden you're all fired up and focused and ready to go. Cause you got every, you got these other teams uh, that are ready. They're ready to make a move. And that, that's what, that's what, that's why I think when you get upset or, or stuff in your conference tournament, it can be a little hard to rebound. Maybe it'll help them focus. I don't know. But uh, I think you, both you, Houston and Kansas, have got teams coming up in the second round that are going to be ready to play. Yeah, I mean, again, losing in their conference championship game didn't affect Kansas at all. They're still a one seed. <laughs> they didn't have anything to lose in that game. They have everything to lose now because if you lose, you're done. Uh, and in the way that it's set up and the way that their mindsets are, it's just a different day and age than what it used to be. Um, and it's just not the same. I mean, you saw uh, a player, was it for Auburn? That's opting out of the tournament. He's not even playing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he's getting ready for the NBA. We see that in football. We don't see that a whole lot in basketball. So that, that was intriguing as well. It's a whole different mindset these days than what it used to be. And it is what it is. Uh, Dad, let's get into some football talk. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, quarterbacks making moves. Uh, Baker Mayfield going to Tampa uh, to fight it out with Kyle Trask. Everybody was looking forward to that move. Uh, the Rodgers stuff, you know, it is what it is. We've been saying it. I've been saying it for a long time now. The Jets make sense. It's where he's going. He wasn't going back to Green Bay. Uh, they just got to finalize the details on it. And we've heard all these rumors about Rodgers at the end of the day it's it's kind of what was expected at least in my opinion uh he's going to go to the Jets what do the Packers get out of it we don't know yet um and uh I saw the question asked today where where are the Jets in the AFC and uh the guy who posted the question said he says they're the number three team and I thought well wait a second they might be the third team in their division um Buffalo at one Miami and New York are right there at two and three. And New England, honestly, isn't that far away. So uh, I, I think they're probably a top five team in the AFC. I would put uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati above them. And I think I would put Miami above them, too. So at the, at the best, they're a top five team. But we don't even know what this team's going to look like yet because we know what Rodgers, he's going to want certain guys. And I'm not sure those guys are going to be what's best for the team's success. Um, but overall general thoughts, Rogers to the, to the jets. Um, again, I, I think that's good. You know, we kind of saw that coming. I think it'll be a good spot for him. I don't think it'll make the jets necessarily as dominant as some people thinks they will, but we'll see, you know, we'll see how he approaches it, see how the team embraces him from there. Um, I will be glad, hopefully in the next day or so, you know, if this clears up, just so I, I'm anxious to see what the Packers get in this deal. Apparently the Packers were holding out to try to get a good deal, which they should, um, out of this. And, um, it'll be glad when it's kind of all behind us. And of course, before long, then you have OTAs and everything. And we head toward, uh, the draft. So um, I think I think Rogers going to the Jets is fine. I think the Packers will be okay. Um, you know, we'll see who the Jets end up with, um, and um, we'll just see how you know they can rally the troops and and how it goes there. I mean, it, it should help them be a better team, no doubt about that. But like you said, there are some strong teams in the AFC, and I don't know that that moves them to the front of the pack uh, from there. 
Yeah, it makes him a contender. I mean, it's obviously a massive bump over what they had last year at quarterback. Zach Wilson is now, he's really in a nice spot just in the fact that he can, you know, he can, he can learn um, if he wants to, um, you know, there's, there's no rush on him now. He's got another year or two, um, you know, to figure all that out. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what, um, how much it improves, I guess the, the jets. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. Right. We, we don't know what it's going to do for them. We got to see what their roster ends up, uh, ends up like, and then go from there, I suppose. Uh, as well. Uh, a lot of movement with running backs, dad. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott gets released from the Cowboys. Uh, David Montgomery moves in the saves in the division, goes to Detroit. Jamal Williams goes from Detroit to New Orleans. Miles Sanders goes from Philadelphia to Carolina. Um, and this is just the early, you know, there's the most activities early on. A lot of things happening, a lot of player movement. I haven't even had the time to go and look and see where everything's shaking down at right now. Uh, other than the major things that we've heard about. Any, is there any moves that have surprised you thus far in free agency? No, I kind of thought there would be a lot of movement this year. And, um, you know, I, I think there will be. Again, there's been – seems to me like maybe – well, probably in the last couple of years you've had top players get released and move more than you used to um, from there. Some of the teams, you know, seem, seems like, you know, they've, they've definitely lost some players. Looks like – Again, I haven't kept up with all of it, but, you know, it seems like the Eagles, you know, have had some players move on. Uh, Maybe that's a little bit surprising there. Um, You know, but some of the movement has been good for players. You know, Baker Mayfield, this may be a good spot for him for next year uh, with Tampa Bay. Um, You know, Carolina, I think, has made some good moves. Um, You know, I think we talked just briefly this week, you know, Chicago's made some good moves. Um, you know, different ones around. So we will see. I kind of thought there would be some big names uh, move this year. And, you know, uh, probably in the next few days, it'll kind of all settle a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's You're right. Chicago has made some really good moves. Uh, been impressed with what they've done so far. I think Buffalo's done some interesting things. Philadelphia's definitely lost some guys, but they also retained some guys too. Um it, you know, the Rams, what are the Rams doing? Uh, there's, there's a lot of interesting things. Jamal Rams or not Jamal Rams, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he moves to Miami. Miami just gets, you know, they, they keep stocking up. I still think Miami's a quarterback away, but that being said, um, an interesting team. I mean, uh, you know, and if two is healthy, then they probably win a whole bunch of games. Um, if two of us stays healthy, that's a big, big if as well. Of course, the draft is not too far away. I think about six weeks away now, um, and a lot of things happen at the top of the draft board. The question now with the uh, the Bears moving down, the Panthers moving up, uh, who will the Panthers take? Uh, will Indianapolis kind of be shafted in all of this because they didn't get to move up? Um, I'm leaning towards right now C.J. Stroud being the number one pick uh, for Carolina, and then uh, Bryce Young going number two to Houston which leaves Indianapolis with a choice. Do you wait till next year or do you like one of these guys, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, or do you wait till the second round and get a Hendon hooker or somebody like that as well? So I'm curious to see what goes on at the top. Uh, A lot of talk still being made about maybe a team jumping 
Indianapolis and moving into number three to get the quarterback they want. Um, but we don't know. A lot's going to happen, and we'll talk more about the draft uh, in in the time to come. Uh, we talking about making great picks, Dad. You got to talk about picking righteous felon jerky. Our sponsors of the day's program. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. And Righteous Felon has done just that. They've partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's RighteousFelon.com. You use the code BELLYUP. You get 15% off your purchase. And Dad... The code belly up is not just good for righteousfelon.com, but a new partner with our show, which we'll have hopefully more pictures and graphics for you next week, is Mahler Bros Golf. Uh, Mahler Bros is an apparel company. They got other things as well. Uh, we uh, Mahler Bros wants all everyone to look good on the golf course, as just as we do, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. So Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good, and feel good with our lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body. You will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better on a hot summer day on the golf course. There's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler bros golf signature polos. Uh, they have a large catalog of polos with designs uh, for those who want loud designs, you know, kind of like your uh, daily uh, look, you know, the wild, wild stuff, but they also have things for others who just like a, uh, a subtle and sleek-looking design. So they have fun T-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use the code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off your purchase. That's Mahler, M-A-H-L-E-R, Bros, B-R-O-S.com. Use the code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. And Dad will get you more info on that as well. Looking forward to partnering with Mahler Bros in the days uh, and weeks and months to come as well. All right, Dad, let's get into baseball talk. Unless you've got anything else football wise we need to discuss. I uh, know. I, I, I like I said a lot of football stuff coming up, but no, nope, ready for baseball. So, all right, we are in the final division uh, that we have yet to break down, and that is the West Division. We'll look at the AL West and then the NL West. And, Dad, we continue to give you top-notch coverage on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show every Sunday, live at 8 p.m. This week, this Sunday, is our draft uh, for the Fantasy League, the Belly Up Fantasy League. And so, Dad, looking forward to that as well. Uh, let's get into the Houston Astros. They lead the way in the AL West. They have now for several years. Uh, they've got the mainstays in Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman. Uh, youngster Jordan Alvarez is there. Jose Abreu comes over from the White Sox. Uh, Jeremy Pena at shortstop. Chaz McCormick, Jack, Jake Myers, excuse me, and Martin Maldonado at catcher. Although I expect to start seeing his numbers uh, decline, maybe his playing time decline. Corey Lee stepping in at catcher as well. When it comes to the pitching staff, Dad, Framber Valdez is, uh, is, is leading the way. Christian Javier, uh, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquida, and uh, Hunter Brown. They projected guys in the rotation. Ryan Presley, a solid closer, and uh, leads the way in the bullpen as well. Uh, they don't have major injuries right now. Brant, uh, Michael Brantley, he had so shoulder surgery in August. And Lance McCullers, the pitcher, 
has a strained elbow that he's dealing with, but I think is planned to be ready for the season as well. Houston led the way in the West again last season with 106 wins, had themselves quite the season uh, for sure. How do you feel about this uh, Houston team coming into the new year? Well, I think they'll continue to be a dominant team um, in the American League. They should be. They have, you know, again, a lot of talent. Uh, nothing has really changed there. Um, maybe a, a couple teams, you know, I think Seattle will be better this year in the division, but I think Houston by far, um, you know, will be the team to beat. And, uh, you know, they're one of those teams when you're looking at fantasy baseball that, you know, one of those teams has a lot of players that, um, you know, are good. Yeah, I mean, when you have the defending World Series champs that didn't lose a whole lot in the offseason, uh, they did They did lose a little bit. Justin Verlander, if you can call that a little bit, uh, is, is no longer on the team. So, I mean, that's going to hurt, I'm sure, to some degree. Uh, but, you know, overall, you really didn't lose a whole lot this year. You're going to come in um, and hope that guys will step up and, and do their jobs. And they got good pitchers uh, there as well. I like what Houston's going to do again this year. I don't think the competition is too stout uh, for Houston either in this division, and uh, that kind of sets up nicely for them. 108 win, excuse me, 106 wins last year. Uh, they're over under a set at 96 and a half wins, and like I said, they didn't really lose much. Uh, you're giving them a 10 game difference. I'm going to say they're going to stay over that 96 and a half. I would agree. I think they'll be over. I don't know if they'll get as many as last year, but I think they could maybe get close to 100. So, but yes, I think they'll be over the 96.5. Yeah. Again, I, you know, their division is theirs for the taking, right? I mean, the Angels yeah. should be better, but we don't know if they will be. The Mariners should be better, but we don't know if they should be. Uh, they will be. And so that kind of leaves it open. Let's look at the Angels. Uh, you talk about a star studded uh, uh, group in Los Angeles. Can they do anything with it is the question. Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, Shohei Atani, Anthony Rendon, who I think will play very little this year. I think Gio Urshela will, will overtake him. Uh, Hunter Renfro, Brandon Drury, Jared Walsh, Logan O'Hop at catcher, and David Fletcher uh, as well in this lineup. And then you look at the pitching staff. Shohei Otani, of course, leads the way. Patrick Sandoval. Tyler Anderson comes over from the Dodgers after a career year. Jose Suarez and Reed Detmers uh, leading the way there. And they got a decent to okay bullpen in Los Angeles. But, Dad, this is a team that underachieves consistently. Uh, look at Mike Trout, of course, being a big part of that. He's one of the best players that we've ever seen in baseball, yet he can't make the postseason. Shohei Atani, a phenomenal player, yet can't make the postseason. Um, when will or will they ever, the Angels, show up to the potential which they have on their roster? Um, I, I think they'll do better this year because, like you said, they've got the talent. Um, you know, I think I heard, you know, Tani, this is in his, what, contract year or whatever there. Uh, I, I think this is the year they'll play better and put it together um, and, and not be disappointing. Now, how good they'll be, uh, we'll see. But, um, you know, I, I, I think they could get back in the playoffs this year. And um, I, you know, again, I don't think it'll be as, as disappointing as it was last year. Well, I don't know, man. I, I've kind of given up on the Angels. Not to say they can't do it, but they're going to have to prove it to me. Uh, they can't stay healthy. That's one of the issues they've had. 
they've had guys that, you know, like Jared Walsh, for instance. I like Jared Walsh. I think Jared Walsh could have a good season this year. But last year, he was supposed to have a great season, and he did not. Uh, Taylor Ward, can he can he pick it up and get continue to get better? Um, like I said, I think Rendon's done. I'm not worried about him anymore. But they bring in Gio Urshela. They bring in uh, Brandon Drury. They bring in Hunter Renfro. These are good players, and maybe they do complete the team. I, I don't know. That's that's kind of the big question mark behind it. I don't love their pitching staff. I like Tyler Anderson coming off a great year. I like Shohei Otani, of course. I don't really love what they're doing there with the, the pitching staff either, but they should <laughs> do better than 73 wins, which is what they did last year. Their over-under for this season is 80 and a half. Uh, you know, I mean, you're, it sounds like me like you're saying you'd go over 80 and a half. Um, yeah, I think that may be about where they're at, but I think they could have 81, 82. So I, I'll go over 80 and a half because I do think they'll be improved. They have to. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They have to. Shoyotani's leaving. He's going to San Diego or he's going up the road to the Dodgers. They they have to make the most of this season. So uh, I'll go over as well. I Like I said, I think we're going to see um, a pretty good season uh, out of uh, Jared Walsh. I think Taylor Ward's going to be good. Trout has to stay healthy. Otani has to stay healthy. Um, Hunter Renfro is a great piece. It's a good. It's a good addition. It's a good addition. And can Gio Urshela kind of come in and be what he's supposed to be? That'll be a, a question mark as well. So I'll say over. I think you're right. I don't. I mean, could they hit 85 wins? Sure. Will they? Uh, I'm doubtful on that one. Uh, so probably 80 wins is about right. But I'll go over 80 and a half for them uh, as well. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we go from. Teams that have hope to teams that don't. The Oakland Athletics, uh, without a doubt, the worst team in Major League Baseball. They've done a lot of crazy stuff. I just wrote an article this week about fantasy locks and busts and sleepers in the in the AL West. And, Dad, I couldn't come up with a lock. I couldn't come up with a sleeper. Uh, I mean, this team is horrible. Uh, Tony Kemp, Ramon Laureano, Seth Brown, Jesus Aguilar, Jace Peterson, Shayla Langeliers. Uh, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Connor Cap Cap Capel Capel Capel. Nick Allen and Estruy Ruiz, who people think is going to be this base stealing phenom, and he very well could be, especially with the new rule changes. Um, but and he's a prospect came over from Milwaukee in the trade. Um, man, I don't know that this team is just they're just not good. Um, pitching staff: Paul Blackburn. Uh, Shintaro Fujinami from Japan, uh, James Caprilian, uh, uh, Drew. I even say these guys' names, Rusinski, JP Sears. These guys are just no good, dad. They have two Japanese pitchers, uh, two guys that have pitched over in Japan. I should say it that way. Um, they don't have much in their bullpen to, to write home about either. They have nobody in their batting lineup. I mean, this team is bad, bad, bad. How long until Oakland is respectable? Well, uh, sounds like they may not even be the Oakland A's very long. Um, so sure. we will see. Uh, it could be the Las Vegas A's, but we will see how that goes. But, yeah, they're they're definitely not headed in the right direction. Uh, looks like it, it could really be a, a miserable year for them. Um, I don't know that they have a lot of young prospects coming up or anything there. 
you know, when you were talking about names that they added, I was waiting to hear Reggie Jackson and Sal Bando, and I didn't hear that, so I, I knew they were in trouble. But um, yeah, it you know, when you think of again in my time, you know, you think way back of the Oakland A's as a power, and boy, they've they're in so much of a di uh, disarray right now. So definitely the low team in the division and maybe one of the low teams in the major league. Yeah, the worst team, according to the win totals in in the major leagues. Last year, they, they were able to pull out 60 wins, but they traded everybody off the team. Their win total for this year is 59 and a half. Man, that's low, but I think they'll I think they'll go under it. Uh, they're man, they're just no good. Over or under 59 and a half for Oakland. Um, you know, it might be safe to say over, but I, I, there's no real reason to say that. So I'll go under, under 59 and a half. Yeah. I don't think it's safe at all to go over. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about a team we do think has some potential and that's Seattle. The Mariners continue to make moves this off season, adding some guys like AJ Pollock, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Colton Wong, uh, to the to the lineup, they also get Tommy Lastella that comes in and be kind of that utility guy for them. An interesting team to add. Colton Wong is a veteran player who's been very consistent. Julio Rodriguez, the young gun, he's phenomenal. Had a great year last year. Ty France has been consistent. Hey, Oscar Hernandez, bad year last year in Toronto, but this is a much better situation. He'll do better this year. Eugenio Suarez, uh, Cal Raleigh's the young catcher that a lot of people love. I don't think he's that good, but that's another thing. Jared Kalenic, who's been unable to fulfill his potential to this point, but I think he might this year. AJ Pollock and JP Crawford, the projected lineup. The pitchers, Louis Castillo comes over from Cincinnati. Uh, that's a good, that's a good one. Logan Gilbert, he's a firmer first round pick. That should be decent. Robbie Ray, he's a solid veteran. George, George Kirby, Eh, he's 25, former first-round draft pick, uh, potential. And then Marco Gonzalez, uh, the club rounding out the rotation. And then the bullpen is eh, questionable. Uh, that might be where they're hurt at. Uh, Chris Flexen comes over, uh, or is there, excuse me, not comes over, but it's there. Uh, Trevor Gott comes over, Paul Seawall. There, there's some potential there, nothing phenomenal. Um, but a team that should be competing for a playoff spot this season after a, a good season last year, getting up to 90 wins last season. Uh, I think this team has potential mainly because everybody else other than Houston stinks. Um, what do you think about Seattle? Um, uh, well, I, I, I do think this team has potential. Like you said, they have some, have some veterans, but they have some really good young players Seems like their pitching staff is pretty good. You may be right. The bullpen could be a problem uh, there. But I, I think they'll build off their momentum last year. Uh, the fans hadn't had, you know, a Mariners team in the playoffs in forever. And um, I, I, I think there'll be a lot of momentum in Seattle. And barring, you know, injuries, and, of course, there's always injuries in baseball, I think I, I think this team, you know, could, should continue to be on the rise and um, do well. So I would be fine if they did. But, Dad, I got to tell you, I like them better in fantasy than I like them in real life. I think Texas gets better. I think Los Angeles gets better, which means it's going to make it harder for Seattle. Plus, you got the new schedule. We're not playing just your division as much. You're going to play everybody. It's going to make things a little bit more difficult as well. They had 90 wins last season. Their win totals at 88 and a half. 
I'm going to go under because I think they dropped three or four games under what they had last season. I think they're going to be close to that, probably mid-80s is my guess. Uh, but for you, 88.5 on Seattle. Yeah, I, I'll go over on that because I do think they're going to be improved. Like you said, I think Los Angeles is going to be better. Probably Texas will be better. But, um, again, I, I think Seattle is going to be uh, improved. I think they made some good uh, moves. and I So I'll, I'll go over the 88 and a half. All right. Well, if everybody else is getting better, somebody has to get worse. And uh, and that's why I lean that way. And, again, I don't think they're going to be bad. I just don't think they're going to get to 88 wins. Uh, the last team in the AL West is Texas. And, Dad, this is an interesting team. They started to build it last year, bringing in Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. They continue to add to it this year. Let's look at the offense first. Like I said, Simeon and Seager are there. Nathaniel Lowe, who has had a very solid uh, couple seasons now uh, together. Adoles Garcia is an intriguing player. Uh, Jonah Helm, uh, Haim, excuse me, is that catcher. Robbie Grossman in the outfield. Josh Young is a very good young third baseman. I think he's going to have a breakout this season. Brad Miller and Bubba Thompson rounding out the projected lineup. Of course, they got Mitch Garver coming off the bench as well. Pitching rotation, it is led by Jacob DeGrom. And the big question is, how many innings does Jacob DeGrom have in him? If he has 140 to 160, it's going to be a really good thing for Texas. If he gets hurt and doesn't get to 100 innings, uh, well, that's going to be a problem. They also have Martin Perez, John Gray, who I absolutely despise. Uh, Nathan Avaldi and Andrew Haney. So a decent five, although I think John Gray, I don't know why anybody wants him on their, on, on their team. Uh, and then an okay, uh, an okay bullpen. They got some decent additions there, some good things going on there. Uh, and they'll have to come through in the clutch because I'm not sure how many starting innings they're going to get out of any of their starting pitchers. Like they're going to have to use their bullpen a lot. So they're going to have to be really, really good. Uh, what do you think about the additions and what Texas is doing? What do you think they're going to look like this year? Well, again, I, I think Texas, you know, is, is probably um, on the upswing a little bit, but I think a couple other teams, Seattle and the, and the Angels, may, um, you know, be a little ahead of them. So we'll see. Like I said, DeGrom is probably the issue. If he would come back and have a crazy year, then, you know, that would be very good for him. Uh, they do have some good players, so um, I, it'd be, I think that would be a very interesting team to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, for DeGrom, you know that when he pitches, he's going to be good. The question is still how much is he going to pitch because he has injury issues. He's not pitched more than 100 innings in the last three seasons. Uh, last year, he pitched 64 innings. The year before that, 92. The year before that, 2020, was 68 innings. And that's a while since he's pitched over 100. That's a problem. It's a concern. But Texas was really the paying pay him, take that risk, and they're hoping it pays off for them. Uh, having said that, his innings haven't been great, but everything else has been. Uh, his strikeout numbers are good. His ERA is very good. Uh, so an interesting, interesting situation uh, for sure here. The question is how many innings does he pitch? And uh, me and Kevin talked about this on the Fantasy Show this week. You know, and again, he's got to get to 160 to be super effective for Texas. If he gets to 140, it's probably a successful year. Uh, but what will he do? Uh, any thoughts on John Gray? I don't know if you have an opinion on him. He was in Colorado for several years. 
Um, yeah, I mean, to me in fantasy, he's not a guy that you've been able, you know, to depend on or been a key guy there. Uh, I know he's definitely not one of your favorites because I, I know how that reaction comes every time. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I've never he's never been one that I've targeted and thought, oh, he's a guy that, you know, you got to get for sure. Yeah. Bringing in Evaldi from Boston, I think it's a good move. I think Andrew Haney coming over from the Dodgers is a decent move, too. Martin Perez can be good. Um, so, you know, how, how that shakes out will be interesting to see. Um, Simeon started off so bad last year, picked things up as the year went on, ended up being really good, and I think he'll start off really good this year as well. Um, and then Corey Seager, you know, he's a solid player, and it'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Adolis Garcia is another interesting guy. That you just don't know. You know, he's got a ton of strikeouts, but he hits the ball. When he does hit the ball, he goes a long ways. And if he's on base, he can even get some stolen bases out of it as well. Dad, I see this year shaking down Houston, Seattle, Texas. Uh, no, I'll put the Angels above Texas, but barely. Uh, and then Athletics last. So I'll basically go the way it ended last year, just with more wins for the Angels and the Rangers than what they had last year. How do you see this division breaking down? What was the over-under on Texas? Did we do that? Sorry, Texas is 82 and a half. Uh, they had 68 wins last year. Oh, okay. Was you over or under on that? Um, I didn't say, and uh, I'll go under 82 and a half. Yeah, I'll go under on that too. Just wanted to make, make sure we had that down. So when I have a landslide on this over under thing, we, we, we have them all down. So gotcha. that will be fine. That would be a 14-game improvement over last season. Uh, again, I think they'll be better. They may even sniff 80 wins, but I don't think they're going to get 82 and a half um, there. So, again, I go Houston, Seattle, Angels, Texas, and Oakland. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. That's the way I had them. Houston, Seattle, the Angels just ahead of Texas, and then uh, Oakland at the bottom for sure. All right, let's move to the National League, Dad, and let's start out in Arizona, a fun young team uh, out in Arizona. And uh, with that comes question marks because you never know if a young team is going to produce anything. Uh, Corbin Carroll, the stud young uh, outfielder who just signed a massive deal, uh, a former first-round pick in 2019. Uh, Cattell Marte, uh, who's been there a while, but he's only 29 years old. Jake McCarthy. Christian Walker, Josh Rojas, uh, Lourdes Goriel comes over from Toronto, Alec Thompson, Thomas, Carson Kelly, and Nick Ahmed uh, all there in the projected lineup for um, Arizona. Uh, Geraldo Perdoma might get a lot of playing time this year as well, uh, which will be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Uh, and then the pitching staff, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Davies, and Ryan, uh, Ryan Nelson, uh, and they've got actually a pretty decent bullpen, too, of, of guys, a mixture of veterans and younger guys as well. I like this Arizona team, Dad. I, I, at the very least, they're going to be entertaining, and if Zach Gallon can stay healthy, they got potential to, to be a really good team out in the West. Yes, um, I, I think it's kind of like you said, they have a lot of potential. You never know kind of if that's going to develop or not. But hopefully um, for Arizona that, um, you know, the baseball team would do well. 
Uh, it's a great place out there. That's probably the one stadium I've been to the most of major league games and uh, great, great atmosphere out there usually. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. I think they could be improved. Uh, what are your thoughts on Zach Gallon at pitcher? Do you, do you like him? Uh, do you think he's washed? I mean, he's only 27. He's had injury issues though. Yeah, I, again, he's one that I've had in fantasy before, and he was kind of one of my major pitchers. And like I said, he had injury trouble, so it hasn't worked out good. Um, we'll see. He, I think he definitely has potential to be an ace, and um, we'll see if he can stay healthy this year. Last year was his best year of his career. He went 12-4, and 2.54 ERA, uh, 31 games pitched uh 192 strikeouts uh to go with it as well so that's a that he had a great year last year um and that's part of staying healthy if you're not healthy you don't have a great year if you are healthy you do have a great year and he's been really good um 2021 was a rough season for him ERA over 4 but all his other his other 3 seasons um he was under 3 in his ERA 2.81 2.75 2.54 uh, so a lot of good things coming there from Zach Gallon. I'm intrigued by him this year, um, and I'm, you know, fantasy wise, I'm intrigued to see where he falls to and everything as well. And hoping more people have bad experiences with him, so he drops further <laughs> than projected. Uh, this team, Dad, won 74 games last year. Their win total this year is 75 and a half. I'm going to go over 75 and a half because I think they're better than last year. Um, I don't think it'll be a ton more than that, but I think they go over. Yeah, I'll go over 75 and a half, and I agree. I don't know if it'll be over 80, but it should be some improved. So, yes, o over 75 and a half. All right. Uh, disappointing team in Colorado. The Rockies uh, come into this season with really low expectations. Uh, Jonathan Daza, Charlie Blackman, Chris Bryant, uh, CJ Crone, Ryan McMahon, uh, L.A. Huris, Montero, Mike Mustakis, Elias Diaz, and Ezekiel Tovar, the projected lineup. Uh, Yerman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Jose Urena, Austin Gomber, and Connor Siebold, the projected rotation. And Daniel Bard, a really good closer, but he's 37 years old. He'll be 38 this season. They've got some other guys, though. Uh, Danilson Lamette, Brad Hand, guys that have had some experience. Brent Suter. Uh, they've got some decent guys in the bullpen. This is a team that my first thought is always, this team's bad. They're not going to be any good. But then you start looking around and you go, why isn't this team good? <laughs> they they should be better than they were last year. I don't know. Do you have any hope for Colorado? Well, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, one thing in last year was with injuries. I'm interested to see this year how much of a difference Bryant can make because that was supposed to really be the big key and of course he was injured um, so if he's healthy you know was that somebody they can rally around and will really help um, you know with the talent and, and other things there maybe Colorado will be a little better this year he should be able to make a bigger difference if he's healthy wouldn't you think well there's two sides of the coin right the guy got paid so what's his motivation? <laughs> um, the, the other side is, yeah, he got paid because he's really good. Uh, so he should impact the team. Now, last year, he only played in 42 games. Um, in 2020, he went through injuries and only played in 34 games. He came back the following season and played 144 games. 
So the hope is, is that, yeah, he'll be back. He'll play a lot of games. He'll stay healthy. But last year was so bad. Now, his batting average was actually uh, over 300. Uh, but again, he was not around long enough to do much. Only five home runs, which when you play for Colorado, you should have a whole bunch of home runs because that park is easy to knock him out. Um, but yeah, he, he, again, health is everything, right? But if he can stay healthy, he's got a chance. Charlie Blackman's going to be 37 this year. CJ Crone, he's 33 and I'm not a CJ Crone guy. Ryan McMahon, again, I don't feel like he's lived up to his, to his, uh, uh, expectations to this point, but they got a, an okay rotation and, and you're, you're at a disadvantage pitching in Colorado. You're better off on the road. Uh, but again, I love their bullpen, and I honestly didn't realize this. All these guys were in their bullpen. They added four guys to the bullpen this year. Um, it, it's an interesting team, Dad. But they only won seventy, excuse me, sixty-eight games last year, and their win total this year is sixty-seven and a half. So they're actually having dropping down from what they did this year. And again. Not everybody in the division can be great. So how, how do you deal with Colorado at 67 and a half? Uh, 67 and a half, I think I'll go under. They shouldn't be under a lot. But, um, yeah, like you said, not everybody can be good. And uh, I'll go under on them just a little bit. Man, I feel like they can win more than they did last year, considering how bad they played last year. I'm going to go over. Uh, it won't be – I won't think by much, but I'll go over 67 and a half. Because uh, even if they just do what they did last year, they go over 67 and a half. So I'll go over for Colorado uh, in that one. Uh, let's see. Or who's next? The Los Angeles Dodgers. They've been at the top of this division now for a while. Um, and we keep thinking, oh, maybe they'll fall. Maybe they'll fall. Last year, they were stocked. This year, they, they're not as good as they were, at least on paper, uh, as they were last year. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Uh, all great, really good players. Max Muncy, J.D. Martinez, David Peralta, uh, Trace Thompson, Miguel Vargas, and Miguel Rojas uh, all on this team. Rojas, Peralta, Martinez, all new to the team this year. Uh, they also added Jason Hayward and Yanni Hernandez uh, this offseason as well. Pitching staff, Clayton Kershaw, 35 years old, health issues. How good will he be is the question. Uh, Julio Urias, uh, Noah Syndergaard comes over from Philadelphia, Dustin May and Ryan Peplot. Um, and then the bullpen is very similar to last year. They do add Shelby Miller from San Francisco, uh, in the off season. Gavin Lux was supposed to be a big piece to this team. He gets injured, uh, and is having knee surgery, torn ACL. That was just earlier this month. Uh, so he won't be there. Walker Bueller. Obviously, an important piece to this team had Tommy John surgery back in August uh, of last year. So um, I know perfect world. He's coming back at some point this season as well. But how good and healthy will he be is a big question mark. So when you look at this Dodgers team, again, they had some losses this year uh, in free agency. How do you view Los Angeles? Well, again, you know, they're going to be a good team, but I, I think they'll have to take a step back a little bit because I do think they've lost some talent um, there, and I don't think they're where they were um, last year. But, again, they're going to be a very good team, you know, not a team that you can ever take lightly. Um, but I, I don't know that the Dodgers will win the division this year. 
Yeah, I don't either. Um, you know, they don't have Trevor Bauer uh, as he goes to Japan. Um, they also <laughs> Cody Bellinger uh, heads to Chicago. Tyler Anderson heads down the road to the other Los Angeles. Andrew Haney's gone. Trey Turner, that's a big loss as well. Yeah. Um, Justin Turner, another guy they lost. So, I mean, they lost some important pieces to this team. And I'm just, I don't know how they're going to be this year. It makes me scared, but they should be towards the top. The reality is, is they got to deal with San Diego. And I'm not sure that they're better than San Diego this year. Last year, they did win 111 games. This year, the win total is 96 and a half. How do you feel about that one? Um, they'll definitely be down from last year, you know, the 96 and a half. Um, they should be right around there, but I'll go under on that just to see how it goes. Man, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, that's a, that's a 15 game jump from last year. I'll go over 96 and a half, not confidently, (laughs) but I'll go over, over 96 and a half with the Dodgers. Cause that's just a huge drop from last year. Uh, that brings us to San Diego. A, you talk about a loaded team. The Padres are that for sure. Uh, they bring in Xander Bogarts. They bring in, uh, Nelson Cruz. That's not that big of a deal. They bring in Matt Carpenter, uh, as well. Uh, they've already got Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Jake Cronworth, uh, Ha Sung Kim, Trent Grisham, and Austin Nola. And then they'll have returning from injury, or not injury, but um, suspension as well, uh, be adding Fernando Tatis uh, as well. Then you got you Darvish, Blake Snell, Michael Walker, Nick Martinez, and Seth Lugo as your projected rotation. Josh Hader leading the way in the bullpen. Uh, this team is good. Joe Musgrove, um, he has a fractured toe. Uh, not sure when he's coming back, but it should be relatively soon. Um, and then Fernando Tatis is eligible to return on April the 20th. And, uh, so that's coming up in a month or so. This team is loaded, dad. Will they meet the expectation? Um, you know, they should, like you said, they're loaded. And when a team makes these kind of moves, um, you would like to think now, again, you know, the Dodgers were loaded and of course they dominated up until, you know, they got to the, you know, get to near the end of the playoffs in the world series, but San Diego should be, um, you know, probably the class of the national league, definitely of the division. And, you know, they've got, they've really got talent. And, um, so I, I would expect them to really be a premier team. Yeah, I mean, the pieces they lost weren't massive. Mike Clevenger in the rotation, um, Sean Manea as well. Um, Jerkson Profar, who hasn't signed anywhere yet, <laughs> is, is also out there. But, yeah, I like this team, Dad. Last year they won 89 games. Their win total is 93.5. I think they have to win the division, so I'll go over 93.5. Yes, I'll go over that because I do think they'll win the division also. So, um, yes, over 93 and a half. All right, then to your team, the San Francisco Giants. They lost Carlos Rodon, Evan Longoria, uh, Brandon Felt. Then they brought in um, Jock Peterson or back Jock Peterson. Um, eh, This team, they don't scare a whole lot of people. Uh, Lamonte Wade Jr., 
Styro, Estrada, Jock Peterson, Michael Conforto is their big free agent signing after missing out on uh, a free agent. Brandon Crawford, David Villar, Mike Yastrzemski, Joey Bart, and Blake Sabal. Joey Bart's yet to live up to the expectations. Maybe he does. Wilmer Flores is around as well. He'll he'll get plenty of playing time. The rotation is okay. They lost pieces, but they've added Sean Manea and Ross Stripling, and they bring back Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, and Alex Wood. So that's a decent rotation. Then the bullpen, led by Camilla Duvall, the closer. They have both Rogers twins now, Taylor and Tyler. They had Tyler already. Taylor comes over ultimately from Milwaukee. Um, and they're they're not bad. Uh, honestly, this is a team that has a chance. Mitch Haniger uh, also signed in the offseason, uh, but he has a strained oblique currently. I believe he's scheduled to be fine for opening day. But this is a team that's, um, I don't know, Dan. They, they don't look horrible, but they also have very low expectations. How do you feel about your Giants? Well, like I said, you know, being a Giants fan, I, I, I think they're a good team, and I think they're a real scrappy team. Uh, I noticed as I followed them last year at the end of the year, you know, they have a lot of younger guys. And it seemed like the last month, maybe the last two months, every time I would look at the box score, it was someone different who was hitting the home run and who was winning the game. So they didn't have people that stood out, uh, but a lot of different people with a lot of ability. And I think some of these younger guys – um, I, I think if they play together, put together as a team, I think the Giants can surprise. I don't think they're going to uh, challenge San Diego. They're not that talented. Like you said, the pitching staff is not bad. And if you've got a good pitching staff, then that can keep you in things. And, uh, you know, a lot of young players, I think, can be hungry. They didn't get the big thing with Korea that they had hoped to get. Uh, Conforto has really come on in spring training here. So we'll see if he keeps that up in, the, in a regular season. And, um, I, again, you know, I, I think there's things to be optimistic for with the Giants. So um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Conforto, uh, well, he was injured in 2020. And then 2021 was okay. Um, did he not play last year? Was he injured last year, I guess? How do I not know the answer to that? Um, I'm not sure what happened last year. Conforto did not play last season, so I'm guessing he was injured. I, I really should know that. I apologize for not knowing that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, this team, they won 81 games last year. Their win total this year is 80 and a half. Uh, do you go over or under 80 and a half? I'll go over 80 and a half because I do think they're going to be improved and I think they'll have a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, um, I go over also, and that puts me at over for every team in the division, um, which is odd. But again, you know, Colorado was below their win last year. Arizona was close to their win total last year. So I think everybody makes a small jump forward um, ultimately in this division. I got San Diego winning, followed by the Dodgers, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies. Uh, your thoughts on how the division shakes down? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think San Diego should win, and then I think you got the Dodgers and uh, the Giants. I don't know that the Giants can challenge them, but we'll see. Of course, that's a great rivalry. And in uh, Arizona and in Colorado at the bottom. So I would agree with that. All righty, there you go. That's our Major League Baseball preview. We'll continue to talk baseball throughout the year. Uh, we're also coming up on draft talk. 
um, for the NFL. Dad, did you catch any of the St. Louis game in the XFL this past week? I did not. Uh, they sold out all their tickets uh, in St. Louis. And they didn't fill the stadium, but they sold out all the – they actually extended their ticket range, uh, I think, twice. And uh, able to sell out all the tickets they made available. The crowd sounded phenomenal um, and looked like a fun time as well. So that's that's neat to see that kind of stuff happening uh, for the XFL, for those players and everything there as well. Um, but, uh, again, March Madness kicks up tomorrow. Uh, the, the NFL draft is going crazy right now, free agency and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes down uh, when it's all said and done. Who do you think Carolina takes at number one? I'm sorry, what was that? Who do you think Carolina takes at number one? Um, I would think they'll take um, the guy from Alabama uh, is who I think, but we'll see. It could be Shroud. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing everybody points to is the fact that uh, Frank Reich has he's always coached six four or taller, and uh, that's a big drop to five ten for Bryce Young, and that just kind of seems to lean towards yeah. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's six three; he's not massive, but he's it's a, he's a lot bigger than <laughs> than Bryce Young. Uh, would he dare draft Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? I don't think you can take them at number one. I don't think they will take them at number one. So I'll go C.J. Stroud in that one. But we'll continue to discuss that as we get closer to the draft. I want to remind everybody, Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, Sunday night, 8 o'clock live. You can also get it right here at the podcast as well. Uh, then we also have a local hour this week talking with EKU uh, head basketball coach A.W. Hamilton as they head to postseason play in the CBI tournament and uh, some good conversation with, with Coach Hamilton. And, of course, we'll be back next Wednesday to continue to talk the latest and greatest news. And by then, we should have more information on the Aaron Rodgers uh, details and things like that. So we'll see how it all shakes out as well. Anything else you want to add, Dad? No, I would encourage people about the um, fantasy draft on Sunday. You guys made a good point on the show this week. Um, this is kind of a week ahead of a lot of the other drafts, and somebody that hasn't been a lot in fantasy baseball or hasn't drafted, I think watching a live draft and seeing again how it goes, and I know you're going to have different coaches on and, and get, you know, some draft um, strategy. And um, to me, it makes it a lot more fun when you have a strategy and you plan ahead. So I think people to tune in and watch some of the draft or maybe all of it uh, could could be real helpful to them in their draft. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's good to hear why people draft the way they draft. And that's what we'll ask guys as they come on and we go through the rounds and bring on different people in the league. And that way they can they can tell us why they drafted that guy so high and, and those kinds of things. Because sometimes it's as simple as I like the guy. I want him on my team. And then other reasons, there's a, a strategic reason behind it too. So it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be live starting at 8 o'clock. Actually, we're going to come on the air probably about five minutes before 8, but the draft will start at 8 o'clock. And, uh, and as we get going through it, we'll be bringing on guys uh, for the rounds to talk through the draft and things. It's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully you'll jump on and join us for that. Uh, or listen later as well. Uh, I got my dog coming over here now. So, okay, uh, that's all I got for today. Don't forget about RighteousFelon.com. Use the code BELLYUP. And MahlerBros.com, same code, BELLYUP. You can get 15% off your purchases 
at either of those places. And uh, it will be a great time for you for sure. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.